Jeff Halfley and company might have their future planned out at the quarterback position with the newest offer that went out this weekend. I'm going to get into that and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Boston College here, AJ Black. This is our Recruiting Wednesday episode. Again, we're doing this every uh, three days. We do a Monday, Wednesday episode and a Friday episode during the summer. So let's jump into the, the, the recruiting news. It's starting to get really heavy out there. And we're heading into the June official visit period. But before we get into that, let's look at the future. Over the weekend, Boston College had a uh, two major camps on campus uh, to try to find out, you know, different players and get a good eyeball on some of the players and, you know, again, form relationships with coaches as they brought kids onto campus. They had a specialist campus, which is camp, excuse me, which is for um, long snappers, punters, kickers, things like that. And then they had an elite camp. The elite camp, those are for more of the future oriented players. Those are the guys in the 24s, 25s. And one of the biggest names that came out of the elite camp, there was a bunch of offers that were made over the weekend, was Cole Gear, a quarterback from Deerfield Academy in Massachusetts. Now, he's a class of 25 quarterback, and he really checks off a lot of the boxes that you want for a Boston College quarterback. He's 6'1", so decent size. He's only a sophomore, so he has time to grow. So maybe he'll put on, you know, 2 inches, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, by the time he graduates. He he is from Massachusetts. Deerfield Academy is right in Boston College's backyard. So you can immediately guess that this is a kid that's going to be on BC's radar if he has the uh, attributes that they're looking for. You know, if, they're a ki- if he's a kid that plays in Massachusetts and has the skill set BC wants, they'll make they'll make a, a committable offer. Remember, they've made offers to kids that aren't committable. Uh, William Watson's the first one I think of, who, who was a quarterback from the class of twenty three. He was out in um, sorry, he was out in Amherst, I believe it was, and he had he had an offer, but it wasn't committable, and he ended up I think committing to Nebraska recently. He just wasn't a fit for what BC wanted to do. Now Cole Gear could end up turning into a committable offer. He could also turn into a kid that maybe they're like, ah, you know what? There's another kid we might want instead. He might fall a little bit further down our board. So we're going to have to kind of wait and see. And luckily I'm going to have an interview with Cole gear up on BC uh, bulletin on Wednesday. So you're going to want to make sure to check that out as well. Now, the other piece that uh, makes him attractive. So he's a class of 25 kid and you're, you're looking at recruits right now in the class 25 that, uh, don't have a ton of offers. Most of them, unless they're like elite recruits, are kind of just middling, right? Well, Boston College has a, an, an offer to this kid, but so does Virginia Tech, so does UConn, UMass, and a few other schools, I believe, have also offered him. And I think that is a good, solid start for BC, right? You, you could always worry that there's going to be a bigger school that's going to probably try to jump in, a school like Michigan, a school like Penn State. But if you get in early on a, kid, on, a, on a recruit that's a sophomore, you build that relationship, you build that level of trust, that gives you a little bit more ammo to hold off some of those blue chippers. So I like where that's going. Now, this quarterback, Cole Gear, I think 
could kind of signify where BC's quarterback position continues to go. So you're going to want to look at the progression of BC's quarterbacks. You have Emmett Moorhead. He's a 6'7", enormous quarterback with a big arm. He was there from last year. This year, it's Peter Delaportis. I believe he's 6'4". Another big kid also can mobilize a little bit. Next year, you have Jacoby Robinson, 6'6 again, another big quarterback out of Texas. My guess for the class of 24, the name that keeps popping up is Ryan Puglizzi. He's also from uh, the New England area, has a huge offer list, but I'm telling you right now, folks, this kid's a three-star recruit but has tons of offers that keep popping up. I love where BC stands with this kid. He's been offered a ton. Um, he's been on campus, excuse me, a ton. And I think that will pay pay dividends because I think his relationship with this staff is really strong. So I, 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 I'm I not going to say yet that be, I would like crystal ball him to Boston College. Like they're going to get him right away. But right now, I would absolutely put them as a, as – I would put Boston College as Puglizzi's leader. So that's my 24. And then you have another local at 25. And if they decide to go with Cole Gear, now there's obviously tons of time in the class of 24 and 25 where Boston College could find another player. I mean, Jacoby Robinson was way below the radar uh, for a lot of people, but BC did their research, found him. There's every reason that there could be another guy out there that they are watching tape on and saying, "Hey, maybe we'll go for him." But if Boston College goes for Gear and Puglizzi in 24 and 25. Kind of dig that they're going to have a good chunk of their quarterback room as local recruits. That's two kids, Gear and Puglizzi, that are both from New England. You add that in with a Texas kid and a Virginia kid, so Moorhead from Virginia and Robinson from Texas, and you've got a nice diverse group of quarterbacks with different skill sets, and you could figure out which one does the things that your offense needs to do, and you plug and play. As I said, after after Jakovic leaves this year, I'm imagining Moorhead's going to be the quarterback of the future. But say he comes in in 23 and struggles, you're going to have a handful of quarterbacks between Moorhead, uh, potentially Puglizzi, you have uh, Jer- Jacoby Robinson, Peter Delaportis. You've got all these kids coming in. There's a wide open quarterback situation that we have not yet seen under Jeff Halfley because it's been so focused in his first three years on Phil Dracovic. But I love the depth that they're building there. They're building the, you're putting in guys that I think are going to make a difference here. They're not the guys that of the of yesteryear under Steve Adazio. You don't have quarterbacks. No offense to these kids. I'm not, not bashing them. Like Sam Johnson. I know a lot of you guys were really liked him because he's a four star. But he's playing for Division II school right now. It tells you kind of where his skill set is at. Matt McDonald is a um, middle-of-the-road quarterback for Bowling Green. You have uh, Matt Valachi, who I think transferred to Albany. So you're seeing where their quarterbacks are going. I like the depth of where um, Jeff Halfley and John McNulty, and, and credit to, to Frank Cignetti too, brought in here for Boston College. So Cole Gear, he's the name you're going to want to watch for. And we will continue to monitor his recruiting situation. He was on campus and had a offer after camp. So obviously the staff really did like the way he played. Now in a moment, I'm going to get into the next week or so of what to expect for BC recruiting as it kind of hits their second gear. And I'll tell you why it's a little different than in years past under Jeff Halfley. Now let me tell you about my good friends over at BetOnline. They're our number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. 
Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NFL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting odds from MMA to UFC to boxing. Again, I've told you about the futures on there. That's kind of my new jam is these new future picks. And um, I love the ACC over-unders. I told you BC at 6.5. I already hit the over on that one. I'm going for that for next year. I'm also looking at Clemson at the under. Uh, 10.5. They've got a tough schedule. I could see them dropping two games. All they have to do is lose two in the regular season, and that's money. Well, if you agree with me or disagree with me, you can go on BetOnline.net and make that wager. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Go to BetOnline, where the game starts. So locked on Boston College, AJ Black. Time to get a little primer of what's going to be going on for the next few weeks with Boston College recruiting. If, if you're not a recruiting head, and I admit, for some people, they're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to get into that. I get it. Well, here's what's going on. So if you've been following some other schools, they've been having heavy official visit traffic over the last few weeks. And it's led to some rec- to, to some commitments of kids that were scheduled to visit BC over the next few weeks. First of all, the first big one I can think of is Nick Oliveira, a offensive lineman who committed to Cincinnati. He was supposed to visit BC in the next few weeks. And then Camp McGee, uh, a tight end from Florida, just committed to Northwestern on his official visit. So there's a little piece here where BC's kind of slow rolling it. And I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Make sure you don't lose the recruits that you're going for because you're slow rolling this. However, they're going to have all eyes on them over the next few weeks. And they've got some major recruits coming in that I think is worthwhile watching. So many times, to give you a little just primer of how recruiting works, uh, you get kids that just visit. Like I just mentioned with Cole Gear, he did an unofficial visit. You can have as many of these visits as you want as a kid during the, the during the open period. You can go to any school, but unfor- for these for these recruits, it has to be on their own dime. They have to pay for their transportation and uh, lodging and all that kind of good stuff. Now, the official visits, kids get, I believe, five official visits, and they have to pick and choose where they go because the school is paying for everything. This is where they whine and dine. Not literally because they're 18 years old, but this is where they try to really impress them. And this is what's going to be happening at Boston College the next few three days. You're getting kids on campus that are the legit recruits that you want to build on your class. You're getting guys like... Roderick Pleasant, the cornerback from California I keep mentioning. He's a three-star slash uh, four-star cornerback who broke uh, track records in California. He'll be on campus. You're going to also get Luke Blacklenko, who had BC in his top three. He's a three-star offensive lineman. You have Zachary Tobey, a three-star safety from um, Florida that's going to be on campus. So you have a ton of kids. Uh, Amir Herring who's an offensive lineman, a four-star offensive lineman from Michigan. He's going to make an official visit to BC. That's a big one right there. So you get these kids coming. And I think this is where your vision of what Boston College's recruiting class of 2023 is going to change a little bit. Now, I've heard and seen a lot of you guys on Twitter. You're like, well, you know, this class isn't all that impressive yet. It's not like the past years. Well, Things have changed again in college football. And it's not just NIL I'm talking about here. The The way that commitments happen have adjusted back to the way they were before COVID-19. So if you've been listening to my podcast and I've been kind of the one that's kind of teaching you on recruiting, 
you've heard me say like oh, during you know 2019 uh 2020 excuse me 2021 that like Jeff Halfley he didn't get to meet kids in, in person a lot of times it took him you know he would get a ton of commitments right off the bat well it was because kids couldn't make tons of official visits they couldn't make any official visits they were just doing it based off their conversations with coaches and how much actual research can you do if you're just doing it over a Zoom chat well, things are back to normal, thank God, and players can now go and check out schools. They can do all five of their visits. They can, you know, let coaches come and visit them at their homes, which they couldn't do in the pandemic. So what this does is around this time in 2020 and 2021, BC had like the top 10 or top 15 recruiting class because they just loaded up on kids that wanted to commit. This year's different. If they're going to go with a class of 25, 23, 25, they're only at eight right now. They have plenty of space for more kids to commit. And I think these visits is where you're going to see those decisions happening. So it's about a month to a month and a half later than it was in 2020 and 2021. And I think that I think the numbers that you're worried about, why isn't there more four stars? Why aren't these kids having more offers? You got a lot of the camp type players to start it off. Jacoby Robinson, a nice player, right? But he's not a kid with a huge offer list. Same thing with uh, Deck, uh, Carter Davis, the, the defensive back from uh, Mount St. Joseph in Maryland. Two kids that don't have huge offer lists, but they pop to BC. Now look at the kids, and I'm going to put them all up on BC Bulletin, don't you worry, that are visiting this weekend. Almost all of them have, you know, six, seven power five offers, you know, five, their final five are all power five. These are the kids that everyone gets excited about. And this is when Boston College recruiting is going to really pick up. And I think you're going to see some big-time names start to think, hey, I'm going to start committing to Boston College. It's going to start this weekend. Hopefully you've enjoyed our recruiting coverage here on Locked On Boston College. During the summer, I'm going to try to get more of the commitments to come on our show. We had, a, what, seven to eight last year that came on. I think an Alex Broom was on our podcast, Sione Hala, Noah Clifford. We had a whole bunch on uh, for interviews, and I'm going to try again to get more of those commitments on our show. We had Jacoby Robinson, but he had, I wasn't the actual one interviewing. Um, our, co- our guest, John Garcia, got us some exclusive tips on him. But we're going to get more. And if you want to see some more of those interviews, check out our YouTube channel. Also, if you didn't miss it earlier, we had... Uh, BC landed a commitment from Sean Camp. A uh, sorry, Sean. Yes, yeah, Sean Camp. Sean Battle. Excuse me. I want to call him Sean Camp. Sean Battle, a defensive back from Pennsylvania. And as I've said, I'm going to put YouTube exclusive videos up on our channel. There's a whole clip I talked on Saturday about Sean Battle and what it meant to BC. You might want to make sure you check that out. All you have to do is go to YouTube.com and check out. Look for Locked On Boston College. In fact, I think if you just put in Boston College, we're like the third thing that comes up that tells you how how weak the Boston College YouTube game is. But it's out there, so you can find it if you need to. Now listen up, folks. We have an important favor to ask you. We've been putting together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. 
Thank you for your help. Now, in our last segment, I'm going to talk about Athlon's all-ACC team, and I'm going to tell you about one player that I think was a, bu- a complete snub, and it's not Phil Dracovic. You're going to want to hear that in just a moment. Now, don't you love a good chocolatey, chewy granola uh, brownie? Excuse me. What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that chewy, chocolatey goodness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you've got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. The best part, caramel brownies bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice taste for healthy. You can have both. And all of Built bars are made with collagen protein, so you know it's going to be easy to digest and go right to your system. So all you got to do now, go to Built.com, get your box of caramel brownie bars, and use promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Happy Wednesday again. We're going to switch it up and talk a little bit about football as Athlon Sports released their all-ACC team, or what I like to call the annual Boston College fans get mad about uh, getting snubbed, uh, players getting snubbed. And that is exactly what happened uh, this week as Boston College only had five total players on their list. Five. Duke had nine. Syracuse had like 12. Boston College had five. Now, you got to look at the list, okay? So, first of all, you had first uh, first team, you had Josh DeBerry uh, at nickel, which is, I mean, good for him. He's excellent. He deserves it. And Christian Mahogany at, at guard. Can't argue with that. Christian Mahogany is probably going to be all ACC and all, a, all American if he can stay healthy this year. You have Zay Flowers at second team. Pat Garwo. At second team at, at, at running back. And finally, on third team, Jaden would be at safety. So who got snubbed for Boston College? A team like Boston College that is a dark horse to win the ACC, that's a dark horse to really cause a lot of noise, deserves to have more than five players recognized on a preseason all-ACC team. But you have to think hard. Like, what players are they snubbing, right? The whole offensive line, you can't put any of them on there because none of them have played, or if they have played, they haven't played very well. You can't put any of the other wide receivers because Jaden uh, Williams has been good, but is he that good? I mean, my first argument could be Jalen Gill, but he's not up there yet. He still hasn't done it a lot. Um, On the defensive side, now here is where I, I have my first gripe. I have always been on board with the defensive backs, and they they put two on there, Jaden Woodby and Josh DeBerry, but I think there's better players out there that have already shown that they're elite. And my first snub, who at least deserved to be third team, is Elijah Jones. Now, um, David Hale of ESPN put out a list of – Players that you know, I think it was had like the best passer ratings uh, in a certain uh, percentage, uh, you know, on the field, and Elijah Jones was in the top five in the ACC. So he, to me, and I've said it watching him play, he deserves to be recognized higher than he does. Secondly, one that I think deserves it and has proved it is not even on the offense or defense is Connor Lighton. 
the kicker. I, you know, he was, you know, he was very, very consistent last year at, at a position that most uh, college kickers are not very good at. You, you get inconsistent. I mean, I, you guys are Boston College fans. I don't have to tell you the 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 uh, train wreck record that they have at, at that position going forward, uh, going backwards, right? So Connor Lighton, to me has shown that he can be first, second, or third team All-ACC, and he deserves it. I think he should be on there. And my final uh, snub is a player that I honestly don't believe should be on there. I'm just shocked he wasn't put on this list because he seems to make every preseason All-ACC team, and I go, well, what has he really done? But they all love him, is Marcus Valdez. Nothing against Marcus Valdez, a solid player, but it seems like he's been the darling of preseason All-ACC teams for the last like three years. So it kind of shocked me that he didn't make it. Now, one player that I don't think deserves to be on there yet is Phil Dracovic. Now, the ACC is absolutely stacked at quarterback. And Dracovic is coming off a year where he was hurt and he played like, like rubbish for two out of the last four games that he came back for. And definitely is below the guys that made the list. They picked three, right? They picked... First team, Sam Hartman. Second team, Devin Leary. And third team, Tyler Van Dyke. I can't argue at this point that Djokovic deserves to be preseason over any of those. But the good thing, this is preseason. This is just, this is stuff that they create to get me talking, to get you talking. And it's all, you know, it means nothing. None of this means anything. It's just hype and. Um, just discussion points and things that people on the radio or in podcasts can talk about. If Phil Dracovic goes out there and throws for 3,000 yards and 35 touchdowns or whatever and puts up video game numbers, he absolutely will be a top three quarterback. But right now, no, he's not. So it's not a snub per se. That's why I put Elijah Jones on there. That's why I put Connor Lighton on there. And for some extent, I even put you know Marcus Valdez on there. So... I think that's where we're at. And it's it's so interesting that a team that is slated to be really bad, like Duke, has twice as many All-ACC players as Boston College. And a team like Syracuse, who I am selling hard on, and they only beat BC last year because they had Dennis Grossell. I, I truly believe Phil Dracovic would have beat him. They had way more than Boston College. So it's interesting to see. But I think what the main takeaway as a Boston College observer is that there are tons of question marks on this roster. Guys that are developing, guys that are new to positions, and that doesn't resonate with preseason All-ACC teams. But if you're a believer in how Jeff Halfley is is developing this team, developing these players, then you're saying to yourself, you know what? These magazines don't matter because I know Cam Arnold's going to be up there. I know Donovan Azaraku is going to jump up. Hey, I know George Takis, AJ's favorite tight end, is going to be a solid pass catcher that we haven't been talking about. I think that is what the real story is here. It's not how Athlon rips BC off every year because they've been doing that for 15 years. It's not a new thing for them. It's that you need to just see the bigger picture and 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 to ask yourself, is Halfley going to be able to develop these guys? If yes, then there'll be new names. If not, I think there's bigger questions about the future of this program. I'm not at that point, though. I, I think they're going to have some guys that you're not talking about that will get there. 
So this is AJ Black. We'll be back on Friday with our mailbag, and I'm sure there'll be more news. It seems to be news every single day, even during the summer. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or on LockedOnBC on Twitter. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button for all of you who keep doing that. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you again soon.